This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. As Pastor Bob uh, said just a moment ago, um, Pastor, actually, two things are going on at our house. My son has the flu, um, and then Rob's, let's just say, got some kind of sinus and cough and you don't want him here because it sounds pretty ugly. Um, and so as you guys know, several weeks ago, um, Pastor Rob started this message um, called Jesus Loves People. And so actually, I've got a picture of Rob here um, doing this. I think we do. All right, so there he is. I believe that was three weeks ago. Now, the picture I like a little bit better is this next one. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, you know, sitting on the front, I occasionally get some pictures of him, and I did get his permission to show that picture. Uh, he actually uploaded it so that um, Billy could put it on the screen, but um, it was kind of funny because I was trying to capture some pictures of him, and I mean, they kept being, and, and yeah, it was, I was like, dude, I just can't get a good picture of you. Um, but, you know, he started this series, Jesus Loves People, and the whole premise for it was actually to go along with our Each One Reach One. And so I wanted to give you guys a report for the month of January of what you guys have actually accomplished here at Harvest. And so if you'll pull up that next slide right there, this is our January report. And um, I am so proud of you guys. We had 21 first-time visitors that came for the month of January. Is that not awesome? Um, we had um, six people that got saved and rededicated their life. We have two, I know, yeah, two that were baptized. Um, we had, um, get this, and this was like without all the small groups starting yet. This is before we launched. We had 94 people attend a small group in the month of January. So that doesn't even include February. Um, that's through um, January. Um, and then the last thing is our average attendance on a Sunday morning with our kids and adults has been 172. So um, as you guys know, we are being intentional about each one reach one um, this year, and we believe that God's going to multiply us and that he's going to grow this church body. And that's from you guys um, doing what God's called you to do. So um, I'm going to do my best today, as Pastor Bob said. Um, Pastor Rob, um, this is his message, and uh, he actually asked me yesterday, you know, Shauna, do you want to do it? And I was like, well, I will. And he's like, well, do you want to? And I said, sure, but wouldn't you rather do it? And he had great confidence in me. He goes, I believe you can do it just as well as me. And so I was like, well, okay, um, I'll give it a go. Now, here's the kicker. The past two times he's preached, he's had four pages of notes, and he gave me nine. <laughs> so um, I am going to do my best to uh, get through these notes here. Um, and as you guys know, this is something um, that he always does in a series is he likes to start out with a review, right? So um, here's what we, we're going to review for the first few moments, because I know some of you guys have missed um, his message. Um, so three weeks ago, he talked about Jesus' example. He talked about what Jesus' mission was. And it said, as Christians, we have surrendered our lives to Jesus, and now his mission should be our mission. Correct? Correct. So did Jesus love people? Yes? Yes, he did. It was his whole life and mission. Everything he did was about people. Uh, we never see him taking from people, but we always see him giving. And so this needs to be our example as well. Um, we were made to be like Jesus. So as his followers, we must follow his example as well. So as custom, 
I love how he shared this. Jesus went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Um, He was handed a scroll containing, we know, Isaiah chapter 61, and he was asked to read it. So here's what he read, and this is actually in Luke. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, and he has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And then what do we know he did after that? What do you guys remember? He went and sat down, right? He didn't actually finish reading the rest of what was in Isaiah 61. And so basically he's saying, thus, here I am, Christ, fulfilling this word that was just spoken. So what did Jesus come to do? The first thing we know is that he came to bring the good news to the poor. Okay, what's the good news? Who's the good news? Right, Jesus is the good news. Jesus was the good news. His life was a message of hope and of promise. He came as a sacrificial lamb that would fulfill the law and appease the wrath of God. And he would change, this would change everything. He was the message. Now, who do we know that the poor was? You know, a lot of times we think of like the person without any money, right? But when you actually look this word up, poor, it was so much more than that. The poor are those that are living outside of God's grace. And they um, were the brokenhearted. They were the captives, those that are conquered. They were the blind, They were the oppressed, and they were those who were crushed. Um, So second thing, what did Jesus come to do? Number two, to bring what? Healing, deliverance, and freedom. Jesus came, um, he spent his days freeing people from the curse of the enemy. Um, And we know that the enemy's plan is what? To steal and destroy. So what did Jesus do? Right here in Acts 10.38 in the message, it said he went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. So he healed those that were sick. He cast out demons from those that were bound. He befriended the outcast. He gave hope to the hopeless. He fulfilled the will of the Father, and people began to look at him as his Savior. Now, the third thing right here, what did Jesus come to do? Number three, to proclaim that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, we know that originally sin came into the earth in the Garden of Eden, right? Mankind was at that time under the curse, separated from God, when who sinned? Adam and Eve, right? When they sinned against him. But at this point, the time of the Lord's favor has come through who? Who? Jesus, right. So as a Christian, Jesus lives in you. You are his hands. You are his feet. And so our mission needs to be the same as his. We need to bring good news to the poor. We need to heal the brokenhearted. We need to proclaim liberty to the captives, proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, and then proclaim the time of the Lord. Okay, so that was recap from his first message. Now, two weeks ago, he talked about Jesus's command. Um, And so what did Jesus command? And the first thing that we see he said was, follow me. It says, know that first command of Jesus um, that he made was actually to some fishermen. And in Luke 9, 23, he said, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. So why do you have to turn from your selfishness? The reason is we can't have two masters. We can't serve ourselves and serve the Lord at the same time. We have to deny ourselves, we have to deny our flesh, and we have to follow after Jesus. And so, you know, why did Jesus say, take up your cross? And I love what Pastor Rob said about this. He says that when you carry your cross, basically you're being led to execution. 
that we are dying to ourselves so that Jesus can live through us, and that's a sacrifice. So, you know, we say daily we're going to take up our cross. That's not an easy thing, but we're denying that flesh to walk out what the Lord has called us and is asking us to do. So following Jesus is a sacrifice. It is and should be a all or nothing within our life. And we are called to drop everything and to follow him in all things. So the second thing that he commanded us to do is love God and love people. And right here in Matthew 22, 35 through 40, it says, One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied. And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. And so I love the point that Pastor Rob brought out in this. He said, you know, if you truly love God, you will have no other gods before you. You will keep the Sabbath day. You will not misuse his name. Um, God said that if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, and if we keep his commandments, then we're truly going to love our neighbor, Right? We're going to not want to, we, we, we won't murder them. Uh, we won't steal from them. We won't take their wife or husband for ourselves. Um, and we won't gossip against them. So when love is truly in us operating, then it's going to be displayed in our life. And then the third thing um, there was actually go and make disciples. Jesus was about to ascend to heaven. And all the guys, his disciples were gathered around. And um right here it says, guys, you followed me and you took on my mission. You learned to live by my two commandments, to love God and love people. Now I want you to leave you with this. And here's what he said in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. He said, there go, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And so one of the definitions of the Greek word translation, go, does anybody remember it? Live, that's right, is live. So right here you could be better translated as you are in the world living your everyday life. Make disciples. We are called not to only be a disciple, but we are called to make disciples. Leading someone to receive Jesus is a great first step, but it's not discipling. It's the first step, but we've got to come along and walk with them. So what is involved in making a disciple? We invite them to walk with us as we follow Jesus. We don't leave them in a salvation prayer and then abandon them. We get our hands dirty. We teach, we train, we encourage, and correct. Kind of sounds like parenting, right? (laughs) It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And we live the example as best as we can and show them the way. So we should be following someone and we should be follow okay we should be following someone following Jesus and someone should be following us following Jesus does that make sense yeah you know it needs to be going both directions um so why do we do this um it's because we are making disciples of all nations and the word nations comes from the greek word um ethnos and it means all races and tribes and so the emphasis here um was basically in the foreign then was the non-Jewish. So the Gentiles and the heathens um, were being encouraged to go and do this. So what are Jesus' commands regarding your life? Take up your cross daily and love God and love people. And as you are in the world giving life, making disciples. 
All right, there's your review. Are y'all ready for today? So I really enjoyed today's because, as you guys know, Pastor Rob and I are very much about practical steps, right? So we've heard what the Word says, but how do I apply that to my everyday life? What does that look like for you and for me? And so, you know, we've established that Jesus' mission is our mission. We've established that as believers, we seek to do the Father's will, to love God and to love people with all our being. And our job on this planet is to reach people. Um, it's what we are here for. So here's what I'm going to suggest. The first thing that many people think about is um, in ministering may be something like, well, what would I say, right? What would I say to share the gospel? But today I want to kind of put it from a different angle, a different twist, and actually say instead of saying, let's be the example. And so that's number one, be the example. You've heard the expression that actions speak louder than words, and it's so true. Right here in Titus chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, it says, In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. So you see, not by saying, but by what? Doing. So doing what? I would say loving God and loving people. And so our lives should display that we love God with everything that we are, without a word ever being spoken. They should be able to see it within our life. So, so what does that look like? So a couple of suggestions here. How about um, doing everything is a worship, seeking to please no one but God? Has anybody ever tried to do something to get somebody else's affirmation or approval? Like, oh, look at them. They did good. And that's even kind of your motive because you wanted to impress or you wanted them to think better of you. Um, we've got to remember that everything we do needs to be done unto the Lord. It is not about us. It is not about us. Uh, how about this one? And I'm probably guilty of this one a little bit. Um, how about not cutting corners but doing everything with excellence? Anybody guilty of that one? Kind of like, oh, nobody will see if I just, you know, okay, I threw that in the trash can and it dropped next to it. Eh, it's close enough. Now, what should I do? I should probably pick it up and put it in there. Um, you know, at work, you know, eh, it's good enough. I got the email out. They know I just forgot to put A, B, and C in it. But it's okay. It's okay. No, uh, you know, doing things with excellence. Um, how about being a person of your word? Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no, period. Period. No back and forth, no wavering, no, oh, I need to change my mind, mm, I don't know. Okay, how about this one? This is a pet peeve of Rob and I. Um, being on time, not always late. Yes, a couple of us, <laughs> yes. Um, guys, you know, that, that is showing honor to the Lord. That is a very respectable trait that we need to have displayed within our life. Um, how about this one? And this one's hard. How about receiving correction from others without getting defensive? It's hard, isn't it? Because, I mean, as soon as somebody goes, our flesh, boom, well, let me tell you what's wrong with you. Let's not talk about me, right? But if we truly want to please the Lord, and if we truly want to love like the Lord loves, and if we truly want to be like him, we're going to let people speak correction into our life. We're going to actually pursue it. Ouch. Because we want to be more like Christ. How about this? Handle situations with honor and with respect. Okay, how about this one? Don't flip out when life gets tough. Let people see that you truly trust God. 
you know what? I know circumstances are to come. They've come in my own life, you know, where it's just like one thing after another after another, and you just feel like you're out. <laughs> like, God, I give up. But what comes out of your mouth? What actions? You know, I'm going to trust God no matter what. I'm going to walk and I'm going to follow him. I'm going to believe that he's got my back. I'm going to put him first. No matter what comes my way, God, I'm trusting on you because you're my source. No matter what somebody says, I'm trusting you because you're my source. We've got to get to that place where we don't flip out because that's what the world does, guys. We've got to look different. We've got to display something different within our lives. Um, how about be a giver? You know, obviously in the church, um, you know, we're told that we need to give our tithe, but what about outside the church? Let people see that you're generous. You know, I love um, a couple of weeks ago, Robin had the opportunity to actually go to Piggott, and uh, we met up with some friends up there, and we were eating dinner, and it's a small town, so, you know, small towns, usually everybody knows everybody's business, and so, you know, we're sitting there, and this guy um, that we were eating with is like, so, darling, you know, I heard that uh, you are going to D.C., and he's like, you know, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and uh, long story short, you know, he said, here, I want to give you some spending money for while you're there. I was like, man, that is so awesome. What a testimony of giving and showing God's love by giving thoughts, prayer, money to bless somebody. She didn't do anything for him. He was made aware of it and just wanted to bless. And so we've got to be givers. Um, how about make godly decisions and choices backed up by God's word? Not what your mom says, not what your girlfriend says, not what all your Facebook friends say, but what God's word says on how you should respond. You know, don't go to that person to get your back because they're going to agree with you. Let God be the first person that you go to to get instruction and direction on how to handle anything that comes your way. Um, how about this one? Be a good steward of your body. God's got too much for you to do to let things get out of hand physically. You know, uh, it's important what we put inside our body because what we put in affects how we feel and how we think. And so we've got to be good stewards of our body. And then here's the last one I have right here. Don't be, and maybe you guys, hopefully none of you are this, don't be a chronic complainer. You ever met one? Oh, do they not just drain you? It's like, I call that like the Eeyore symptom. I'm like, ah, go away. But what we need to do is that we need to maybe chronically be thankful. We need to chronically give thanks in all things. An example that comes to my mind is just this week, um, Rob and I were talking, and, um, and actually um, Rob had a friend that called him up, I think it was this week, and said, hey, I just earned this business trip. My wife can't go, and would you like to go with me? And, um, you know, as you guys know, my husband's favorite activity is what? Travel, to see things that he's never seen before. You know, and in that moment, I just looked at him, I was like, Rob, I said, do you realize how blessed that we are? Do you realize that, you know, our vocation doesn't pay for us to travel? <laughs> you know, it's just not in our budget whatsoever. But I said, do you realize how God knows the desire of your heart and the desire of our hearts and how he has always given opportunity for you to go travel and see the world? I'm like, is that not awesome? And, um, you know, and so we need to be thankful in all things. We need to recognize those things that God's given us and blessed us with. Um, right here, um, the next thing is our lives displaying that we love people with everything that we are. Um, do y'all love people with everything you are? <laughs> More than not, hopefully. 
Is it your mission? Is it your goal? Is it your desire? There you go. Um, You know, so what does this look like? What does this look like? How about treating others with respect even though you don't like them or even though maybe they're not unbelievers or maybe though you don't even like the actions that they display? We still have a responsibility to treat them with respect, right? God created them just like he did you or I. Um, How about believing the best in people rather than assuming the worst? Guilty. (laughs) Guilty of that one. Oh, they've already let me down like twice. Am I really going to trust they're going to do it right this time? But believing the best instead of the worst. How about not getting angry outbursts but responding in love? Does anybody have, is any, well, you may not want to admit it, but does anybody like say their response is usually anger? They're one of those just throw up and then they're like over it. Okay, you know, um, maybe, just maybe you can ask the Lord to help you control that a little bit. Like, I'm going to control my flesh. I'm not going to go off on this person and I'm going to let Jesus come through. I'm going to love and let him come through. And um, actually, I am going to read you this story. You guys may have seen this on Facebook, but um, I, I just loved it. And I think it's a great example that we can apply to our life. It says, right, here you go. It says, today I sat in the car line instead of letting him ride the bus home. I was so angry, ready to explode after hearing about his behavior at school. I sat in the car line with tears running down my face. As soon as he got in the car, I was going to just scream at him. Maybe that would make him listen. I was going to punish him for the whole night and take everything that he knows and loves away. I was ticked. And I just talked to God as I waited for him and asked him to please give me the patience and guidance. I begged him. Parenting is so hard. It's so hard. And I know that it's only going to get harder. You hurt when they choose anything against what you teach them. You hurt when you have to punish them. It's such a struggle every single day. You just pray that you are raising them in the way that you would be pleasing to the Lord. You can only do your best. So as I pulled up to get him, I heard the God whisper to me, Grace, give him grace, Missy. Love him, talk with him. So I did. It was like his hand touched me and calmed me. I didn't say, and neither did he. He had fear in his eyes because he knew. I just quietly drove us to our little ice cream parlor and walked him inside. He looked twice at me and was very confused. I let him order whatever he wanted. He then sat down outside and just talked. I talked with him about his feelings, his friends, his choices, and his heart. He kept apologizing to me, and tears started streaming down both of our faces. I then explained to him what grace was. I dumbed it down for him so that he could get it. I explained to him that God gives us grace daily, that mommy fills God on a daily basis, and rather than God unleashing his wrath on me, he forgives me and unconditionally loves me. He gives me chance after chance after chance. He shows me grace. It really convicted me at the end of the day. It gave me another perspective. That along with discipline, which I feel is very important, comes grace and gentle guidance. So today I loved him, and we will try again tomorrow. I will never give up on him as God has never given up on me. Today we are both grateful for grace. Talk about a story where we've all been there. Somebody is just, but what maybe is getting a better response? Go into the Lord and say, God, give me wisdom and direction, or responding in our flesh, responding in our natural tendencies. Um, 
Next thing right here, not, I love this one, not having to be first, but allowing others to be first. I won't say who, but we got somebody in my house that just loves being first. He's not here. And he's not my husband. But I'm saying no names. Um, how about this one? Not having the final word. Anybody guilty of that one? Um, example that comes to mind, and it may seem kind of trivial, but this week um, the girls and I were somewhere. And y'all remember that song, All About That Bass, About That Bass? No. Treble, trouble, treble, trouble. Yes, that's where all of a sudden the conversation took place. Is it treble? Is it trouble? Madison, get your phone and look it up. So she gets it up and she's like, it's trouble, Mom, which Lauren and I were like, uh-uh, it's treble. And she's like, so look, you know, listen, Mom, it's trouble. And it like keeps going on about her whatever. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that's treble, T-R-E-B-L-E. I'm like, pull it up. So I pull up the phone. I'm like, see, it is treble. Look at the lyrics. Okay. Point being, why did it really matter? Why did I have to be right? You know, some things, it just doesn't matter. Just let them go. And that may be trivial, but how many things do we have to have the last word? Do we have to prove that we are right and you are wrong? You know, maybe that shouldn't be something that we do. Um, how about not always having, um, not having to always impose our opinions on others? Anybody ever been around that person? I usually flee that person. I'm like, I don't want to debate. You know, we can disagree. Let's just go on. But no, you've got to hear. You've got to understand. You've got to know what I'm saying. No, I don't. <laughs> Let's just go. Um, how about befriending the outcast, reaching out to those in need? Um, be a giver. Don't hold on too tightly to what you have. Be willing to give anything away. Be generous. Don't be a drain on others, but be an encourager and carrier of hope. Tip even if the service was poor. Be like Jesus and give more than you take. Next one here, number two, be slow to speak. How about be the example first, and then opportunities will come where you can speak to them. Man, I recognize you respond different. What is that? Well, let me tell you about this Jesus and what he's done for me. Right here in James 1, 19 through 27 in the New Living, let's read it. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to what? Listen. Slow to what? Speak. And slow to what? Get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Now, there is a holy righteousness anger that's completely different. This is talking about human anger, our flesh, all right? Um, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Humbly accept the word that God has planted in your heart, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must what? Do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Anybody ever just fooled themselves before? We're probably all guilty of it. You knew the word, but you didn't do it. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself and walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and you don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourselves. Bless, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring 
for the orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the word corrupt you. So why do we need to be the example first? Because our words are empty if they're not backed up by action. Our actions are the foundation for our words. Our actions are going to bring people to Christ. Um, Example what we have right here. Um, You know, you snap in anger and you threaten your kids all the time. You know, I'm going to spank you when we get home. I'm going to spank you when you get home. I'm going to take, okay, nothing for the rest of the night. But if you just threaten and you don't act upon that, your words mean nothing. Your kids are going to lose respect for you. You've got to do what you say. If they just see that you're throwing pearl. And, man, I remember sometimes, like, in anger saying that to my kids. And then I still had to do what I said because I had to be a person in my word, even though I was the one that acted poorly in that moment. Has anybody ever been there? It's like, man, why did I say I was going to spank you when I got home? It was that moment of just within me. But I still had to do what I said because I didn't want my words to be idle. And I wanted the words that I spoke to mean something and give leverage um, within my home. So we must be slow to speak, and our words must be backed up by actions. Um, I don't think that the body of Christ has done a very good job of this in the world. Oftentimes we are too quickly to speak, too quickly to get angry, too quickly to shout our opinions just like the world does. And I know you guys have probably heard this. um, Opinions are like armpits. We all have them, and sometimes they stink. (laughs) Sometimes they stink. Um, You know, the reputation of Christianity, especially in the U.S., has declined in my lifetime. It keeps going down and down and down. You know, words often were not backed up by actions. You know, we see that preachers publicly fell um, from grace on TV. Um, And what was the world's response to that? Hypocrite, right? Hypocrite. Hypocrite. I mean, we've probably even said it before. They're just a bunch of hypocrites. I mean, look, they just messed up over here, but they're preaching this. You know, we throw out hypocrites. Um, I think that many people want nothing to do with the church um, because, according to their experiences, Christians are hypocrites. And, guys, the reality is there are people out there that are Christians that are hypocrites. Or there are people out there that are calling themselves Christians that are not really Christians. They just think sitting in a chair on Sunday morning makes them a Christian. And so they give the church a bad name. But we have to be responsible for ourselves. We have to be slow to speak, always allowing God to speak through us um, and always to speak by being an example of godliness, righteousness, and love. If you never could speak a word, people should know by your actions who you follow and who you serve. They should see love exude out of us. Number three right here is that we have to allow love to be your guide. You know, many times we um, can be very motivated by personal gain. We can be motivated by peer pressure. We can be motivated by guilt, greed, materialism, revenge, pride, envy, jealousy. I mean, it can just go on and on and on. And these things can motivate us to do things that appear good, but really what is it? It's manipulation. We have got to check our hearts regularly and ask ourselves, why are we doing what are we doing? Why am I doing it? Am I doing it to get promotion? Am I doing it to be seen by somebody? Or am I doing it because God told me to do it and I love God? What's the motivation? Um, Why do we do the things that we do? Are we looking for something in return? Do we want good works to be noticed? Are we looking for approval? 
And just an example of this that comes to my mind, you know, I've heard a couple of people, and I think this is a generational thing, but I've heard a couple of people in my life say, well, you know, I sent so-and-so a gift in the mail, and they never called me and told me thank you. Okay, is the polite thing to send a thank you note? Yes. But do I give that gift because I'm wanting that thank you? No. You know, what's the motivation behind what we're doing? Is it because we just want to bless that individual? Is it because it's what the Lord told us to do? Or is it because we want to be seen and, oh, that was the best gift I was given? You know, praise. Well, if so, you got your praise right there and there's nothing with the Lord. We do it as unto the Lord not to get the praise of man. Um, You know, too often we as a Spirit-filled church place a lot of emphasis on the gifts of the Spirit, but we neglect the fruits of the Spirit. This is why preachers fall from grace. You know, the fruit of the Spirit must come first and be the foundation of the gifts of the Spirit in our life. Does that make sense to you guys? What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love. And we're going to hit this in a minute and all the things that go with it. But those things have to be in our life for those gifts to operate through us and to be received the way that they should. Um, The gifts without the character that comes from the fruit will destroy you. So Galatians 5.22 right here says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is what comes out when we love. And listen to it right here in the message. It says, But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our life, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity, We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Now, it's hard to go wrong when love is our real motivation, and love is what has to motivate us in all things. Um, And remember, our God is love. You know, we can't love without having him as our Lord and Savior, right? We don't even begin to fathom, understand what love looks like because there is not love without Christ. So when we respond in love, Jesus is living through us. And the number four right here is be ready for God moments. You know, when we are living the example Loving God with all of our being, loving people with all being, being slow to speak, being motivated by love, we are not going to have to go looking for a life to touch. They will come to you, and there are opportunities every day all around us. And so we have to listen and be, listen and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but then when we hear it, what do we have to do? We have to obey, right? We have to obey. Um, You know, he may move on your heart to do something radical, or he may move on your heart to do something uncomfortable. A couple examples that I put down, actually Rob put them down, and I added a few, um, is, you know, maybe the Lord will ask you to pray for somebody in an environment that's uncomfortable. You know, Rob was at the gym a few weeks ago, and um, he's like, kind of felt like the Lord said, uh, you need to pray for that man. You know, sometimes we got to do that in that situation. Um, just this week, he took Aaron to school, and he was driving home um, on, I think it was church or call it church, and he went by, and there was like an elderly lady on the side of the road in her car. And so all of a sudden, he felt 
like he needed to turn around and go help that lady, you know, and so he did. He came back, pulled up behind her, talked to her, assisted her. Um, you know, how about, how about um, give money to someone? Have any of you guys ever, I remember the first time Lord told us to give a large amount of money to somebody, like it went out of our checking into our savings, but just to be obedient because he told us to do it. The devil's not going to tell you to do it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit prompted us to do it. Um, you know, how about pray if you're traveling, praying with a coworker, you know, or on the airplane with, your, with somebody. How about this? I know the Lord one time, you know, told us to give away one of our cards. I'm like, but we could use that money to put a down payment for something else or use it to buy something else. And the Lord's like, uh-uh, I want you to give it. How about inviting a neighbor out to dinner or over for dinner? How about leading a small group, which some of y'all have done for the first time this semester? How about, you know, taking a meal over to someone? Here's the thing is we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We have to step out. We have to be bold and make a difference. You guys are the hands and feet of Jesus. And I pray that every person that encounters you knows that you're a Christian, not necessarily by what you say, but by the fruit within your life. Anybody challenged today? I know I was. Um, I'd like the worship team to come up. And I'm um, actually going to ask you guys to bow your heads for a moment. And so I just want to, and as we go into this, I'm going to ask everybody to stay in here. Don't rush to go get your kids. Let's just spend the next five or ten minutes giving God our all. Um, and so I want to ask the question today, you know, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Heads bowed. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Because you can't have love, you can't be loved if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so if you're in this place right now and you'd say, you know what, I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want you to just lift your hand up. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you would say, you know what, I have never asked him to be my Lord or Savior. Or maybe you've repeated a prayer, but there was no difference in your life. And you're saying, you know what, I want to make him number one. I just want you to lift your hand up right now in this place. You say, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you're in this place and you're like, you know what? I haven't exactly surrendered like I'm supposed to. You know, you talked about how we've got, can't please two masters. Maybe you're in this place and you've been serving yourself and you feel like the Lord's convicting you of, I need to give God my 100%. That's you. I want you to just lift up your hand this morning. You say, I need to surrender. I need to start doing things. That's awesome. I see those hands. Anybody else? You say, you know what, God? I want to do it your way. I'm sick of doing it my way. I'm sick of doing it in my own strength. I'm sick of thinking that my way is best. And God, I am ready to surrender it all, whatever the cost may be. Awesome. Another one. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see that hand in the back. Awesome. Anybody else? going to ask a couple questions right here. Is your life surrendered to him? Is his mission your mission? Are you following him? Does the fruit of your life scream that you love God and he is first within your life? So I'm going to ask you right now, if you would say that is you or you want it to be you, I want you to just stand up. If it is you or you want it to be you, 
that you want your life to be totally surrendered to him. If that's you or you want it to be, you stand up. If it's your mission that I want to be like him, that I want to follow him, that I want my life to scream, I love Christ. If that's you, I just invite you to stand up right now. What we're going to do is we're actually going to go into a time of worship right here. And as we do that, I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come on forward and our elders, if y'all will come down. Go ahead and have all of our prayer partners and elders come down. As we go into this worship song, if you would like prayer for any reason, whether you need healing, whether you want to say, I made a decision today and I just want somebody to stand in agreement with me, I invite you to come up and let these individuals pray with you. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You